Welcome to Choice Classic Radio, where we bring to you the greatest old-time radio shows. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and thank you for donating at choiceclassicradio.com. yourself in the position of a certain Matt Dennant, who is the center of some interest in this week's broadcast. I invited you to conceive of yourself as a decent young man, just out of Sing Sing, bereft of your trousers. I sketched in for you the outlines of a scene to be played by yourself as this Matt Dennant, and a certain lady, played by Miss Wendy Berry. Then I said goodnight, and we went off the air. Tonight, my better instincts obliged me to admit that while there were no misrepresentations of fact, my whole appeal was designed simply and frankly to lure you back to the Campbell Playhouse. Probably my choice of high spots will not be yours. Perhaps I have led you to expect something between an Al Woods farce and a Drury Lane melodrama. If so, you will be pleasantly surprised, because John Galsworthy's escape in spite of its faintly catch-penny title, and even abetted by certain elements of undeniable adventure, is a highly civilized, high comedy indeed. In London, theater audiences remember it for Nicholas Hannon's and Sir Jeremy Moyer's deaf performances of Matt Dennant. And in New York, Leslie Howard made another of his very considerable successes in the same part. We shall strive to please. But you'll be glad to know that Wendy Berry, as promised, is here to help us. And now, before escape, and before Wendy Berry, Ernest Chappell. Mr. Chappell? Thank you, Orson Welles. If I were to ask each one of you to name aloud right now your favorite soup, and if I could hear your replies, I'm almost certain the soup that would top them all would be Campbell's tomato soup. The reason, of course, is the magic matchless flavor of tomato soup as Campbell's make it. A flavor that speaks to every appetite. Watch a hungry man enjoy to the last drop the racy flavor of this smooth blend of luscious tomatoes, delicate seasonings, and fine table butter. Set a fragrant plateful of Campbell's tomato soup before a tired appetite, and see its lively tang take hold of that appetite from the very first sip. And the way a child and a spoon and a bright glowing bowl of Campbell's tomato soup make friends is a delight to mothers. Indeed, because everybody, from the youngest to the oldest in the family, enjoys this soup so much, I'm tempted to call tomato, of all soups, the soup of the seven ages. It's always a happy choice for the main dish at lunch or supper, a welcome beginning for the day's main meal. 
That's why Campbell's tomato soup is the steady favorite with most families. The soup served often and enjoyed always. Have it again soon, won't you? Perhaps tomorrow. And now our Campbell Playhouse presentation of Escape with Wendy Berry. And here is Orson Welles to set the scene. In our American version of the Goldsworthy play, the scene is New York. There's still a place or two where a civilized man can take his nightcap rather latish. With leisure and without a floor show. One of these is the grill room of the plaza. Across from the plaza are the last of New York's almost extinct horse carriages. A brace of withering victorious, some of us still charter these autumn nights when we'd like to take a girl around the park or smoke a pipe before turning in. The night of the murder, Matt Dennant found himself alone and after a spot of something in the grill with a pipe to smoke and an urge to smoke it in the open air, he hired the dowdiest of these dowdy old dowagers and started off. That's where our story begins. Yes, sir. Business ain't what it used to be. Why, well, I remember when I bought this mare. Elsie's her name. Get along there. Twenty-eight years ago that was... You could hardly get through the park on a Sunday morning for the Hansons and the Flies and the Victorias. Hey, Gus. And on a nice warm evening uh, like this. Gus, driver. Yes, sir? Uh, will you stop here by the lake, please? Sure thing. Warm as warm. Yes, sir. Nowadays, you're lucky if you get two rides a night. Warm. Warm. And if it wasn't for a few steady customers like you, Mr. Dennett, men that's fond of horses. Thanks. Uh, here you are. Getting off, Mr. Dennis? Yes, I, I think I'll walk from here. In this part of the park, at night? Sure, what's wrong with that? Okay. Good night, Mr. Dennis. And thanks. Good night. Get up there. No. Hello. Got a light? Oh, I'm sorry. I think so. Yes. Thanks. I've been holding a cigarette for half an hour. Want one? No, thanks. I have a pipe. Oh, that's right. I didn't know. Not very observing, are you? Sure. Sometimes. I know where you've been today. Yeah? You've been to the track. How'd you know that? Down on the bench here, I'll tell you. All right. Well, how? Easy. There's a racing form in your pocket. And you got field glasses. How'd you make out? Pretty fair. Fella took me to Bowie last year for the precinct. Who'd you have? A mother. <laughs> and it didn't rain. You like horses? Well, beautiful. Most beautiful things in the world. More beautiful than women? I think so. Present company accepted, of course. Thanks. You mean that? As much as I mean a lot of things. You learn to say a lot of things about women and horses. You don't like women, do you? Unreliable compared to horses, and not so much spirit. Thanks. Of course, there's nothing wilder than a wild horse. Used to break them out west. What about a wild woman? Women have the excuse of horses. They've been tame ever since Eve gave Adam his coffee. I guess I'll be getting along. 
What's your hurry? Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time. So long. Well, thanks for the light. Maybe I'll see you again sometime. Maybe. If you ever feel like giving me a ring, it's my phone number. I see. What's the matter? Don't you like me? Sure I do. Why the rush? Say, aren't you scared sometime you'll ask the wrong guy for a light? Sure I'm scared. But what am I going to do about it? That's right. What do you do? Walking? I used to. What now? Just walking around. Got money of your own? A little. If I had money, do you know what I'd do? Get rid of it. Fast. That's just what I wouldn't do. Oh, what's the use of talking? Sorry, I didn't mean to hurt you. Just <laughs> give me the guy that does every time. He doesn't hurt half so much. Pretty rotten, isn't it? What? Oh, the whole business. But I'm anxious now about the human race. Give me horses and dogs any time. i got a cat. Persian? Try me. She's a beauty. Why don't you come up and see him? <laughs> no, thanks. I'd better be getting along. All right, go ahead. Oh, don't be angry now. I have an appointment. Good night. Yeah. Suppose I follow you to make sure. Take my word for it. Good night. Wait a minute. Hey, don't go so fast. Maybe I'm going your way, too. Just a minute, sister. Why? You're not going anyplace. No? Who says so? I do. No, I ain't done nothing. Yeah, I know, I, I was know. only talking to a friend of mine. I know. Anyway, spoke to me first. Ask him if he didn't. He'll tell you. Hey, mister. Come on, sister. Mister. Mister, he'll tell you. What seems to be the trouble? I didn't bother you, mister, did I? You talked to me because you wanted to, didn't you? Yes, yes, of course. Sure, I did. Won't approach you. I saw her sitting here when you come by. Who are you? Detective Murphy, 27 Precinct. I've been watching this woman for some time now. This is the first time I've seen her. I don't know about the other times, officer. If you're wrong about this, I spoke to her of my own accord. Well, I know that's a lie. What's the matter? Can't two people talk together? I'm making no complaint. Look, mister, you keep your nose out of this. I know what I'm doing. I got my orders. It's the third time I watched her. That's a lie. I've never seen him in my life. Well, I've seen you, sister, plenty. So come on, get going. Let her go, officer. On your way, wise guy. I'll run you in, too. You heard me. Let her go. You want to come along, too, huh? All right, you asked what? I would have a little company. I asked you to let go of the girl. Do I have to do it for you? You're an officer, huh? Now listen, I've had enough out of you. You need a little lift. You dropped that blackjack. Drop it. Now then. Hey, listen, don't hit him. Don't hit the car. I'll show you. I'm going to make you. I'll go. Don't hit him. Don't hit him. You shouldn't have done that. Go on now. Better beat it before he comes to. Oh, but he... Run, go on, run. Look at him. I know. I hit him hard. Sure you did, but look at his head. He hit his head on the railing. Railing? What railing? Here. Say, that cop don't look right to me. What do you mean? Look at his head. Come on, let's get out of here before they it's come. Oh, here, take us. I get some water from the fountain. No, come on. Suppose he... Suppose he's dead. Go on, get some water. Hey, look out. There's somebody coming. You better go. What about you? Go on, do as I say. Run for it quick. All right. Good luck, mister. Thanks. Hey, what's going on here? Give me that light. It's Murphy. He's out cold. Yeah? Hey. Feel his heart. I'm afraid he hit his head. Huh? Who are you? What are you doing here? He had an argument. I hit him. He fell and... He hit his head on the railing. I'll say he did. What's your name? Matt Dennis. You say you hit him? That's right. Fine. Put in the call headquarters. Mr. Dennis, you come along with me.
I hit him. I didn't kill him, though. It was the railing that killed him. They gave me five years for a railing. Five years, huh? Yeah, manslaughter. The cop? Lucky you didn't burn, pal. It was a girl that saved me. She hadn't turned up at the trial and supported my story. Yeah, that was a break. That kind of a dame don't often stick her neck out like that. How much more time you got to do? Three years. Three years of making shoes and hoeing potatoes. I never did like potatoes. You're kind of a high-toned guy, ain't you? High-toned? I don't know. I was thrown out of college, and I object to being spoken to like a dog, if that's what you mean by... Take it easy. What's the matter? There's a screw just across the fence there. You can't see us in the fog. No, but that don't stop from here. The fog's getting thicker. Yeah? Think it'll last? This time of year, yeah. Maybe round us up in a minute. You see if they don't. This fog and rain makes them nervous. That's when the boys make the breaks. Breaks? They say no one ever gets away from this place. Maybe not. But there's been some good trying. Hmm. I wonder. What's that? I'd like a try. A break? Now, oh, don't you do it, pal. Not alone. You gotta have clothes, money, and a car, and friends on the outside. Even then they get you. Oh, I don't know. Once you get going... Don't kid yourself, brother. It can't be done. Here's the screw. Forget it. Now, uh, look at this here. Here's a nice big spot. Nice color. Sir. No talking there. Keep working. When you finish that roll, line up with the rest of them on the road. Well, do you hear me? Okay, we get it. Then take off and get going. I'll be back in five minutes. I want that roll finished. Nice guy, ain't he? <laughs> want that Put Mr. Bed Alley tonight. Like a dog. Three more years of it. Like a dog. Ah, oh, they ain't so bad. The fog and the rain, that's what it is. Makes them nervous. When a man's nervous, he'll get used to it. Yeah? Well, I can't get used to it. All right, all right. Kind of touchy, you high tone guys, ain't you? Ain't just the way it was brought up. Listen. Listen. Where's Haberstraw? Over to the left, about three miles away. And you sit there? Not a five and a Nyack. Nyack, where's Nyack? Not a twelve and it's tough going all the way. Good. Don't do it, buddy. You haven't got a chance. The only thing you get in this rain is a case of lungs. Yeah, it's better than this. And after they pick you up, it's bread and water and solitary for three months. Worth a try. They don't have any dogs here, do they? No, but they get a screw between him and a wall with a gun. How far's the wall? About 50 yards. Did a hundred screw in 10-3. Yeah, not in that outfit you didn't. Look, you're nuts, pal. That screw will plug you before you can count five. They can see in the dark, them guys. A nice, quick slug in the back. <laughs> well, at least that'd be a change. Well, that's the way you feel about it. Now, look. If you get over the wall, stick to the main road and keep going. In this fog, they'll have to take us back before they start after you. There's some woods about a mile down the road on the left. You're safe there. It'll be dark in an hour. Thanks. You lived on raw potatoes? Never tried it. Here, take this. What is it? Piece of bread I saved today. Thanks. Hope you make it. Wish I was gone. Ain't got the guts. Okay. I'll turn you out the other way. And stop counting. When you get to 12, I won't be here. And, uh, give my love to the warden. Hello. 
Nightmare. Hmm. I dreamt there was a man in my room. Oh? After a nightmare, I always count up to 30 to make sure I'm awake. Shall I draw the curtains, ma'am? Please. <sighs> Ellen, what sort of a day is it? About the same as yesterday, ma'am. Still foggy and raining. Oh, dear. You know that contest for the state? They haven't caught him yet. Oh, how exciting. Been out almost two days now. You know who he is? It was in the papers. He's the one that killed a detective in Central Park two years ago, remember? The Playboy killer? The one that made such a fuss? Dennis? Yeah, yeah. That was his name. Oh, well, and it might have been worse. I should think in weather like this, he wouldn't have any trouble keeping away from the police. Yeah, but he's got to eat and get clothes, don't he? And when he comes in for that, that's when they'll catch him. I'll close the window, ma'am. Oh, I suppose I'll have to get up. Oh, this awful weather. Can't ride or fish. Can't even go walking. Uh, Ellen? Yes, ma'am. Oh, Ellen, shall I get up or shall I stay in bed all day? Just as you please, ma'am. Oh, I suppose I'd better get up. Shall I turn the bath on, ma'am? Yeah, yeah, and hand me that dressing gown, will you? The one on the chair there. Oh, this room's like an ice house. Here you are, ma'am. Thanks. Sorry, ma'am. The water's not very hot this morning. Well, that settles it. I'll not take a cold bath. Yes, ma'am. Ellen, you go right down and find out what's the matter. When the water's hot, you call me. Yes, ma'am. Until then, I'm staying right here in bed. Yes, ma'am. <sighs> oh, what a day. Hey. Hey, what's going on there under my bed? Oh, sh- <gasps> Is that a man? Yes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Don't nine. Don't worry. Everything's all right. Ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. What are you doing in my room? Really, I'm terribly sorry. Fifteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Quiet. I wonder if you'd mind very much speaking pianissimo. I know who you are. You're the Yeah, that's right. Well, how did you get in? Through the window. I've been under the bed for hours. Oh, have you? I'm sorry. How was I to know it was a lady? You mean because I don't snore? No, that's not an infallible test of sex. I didn't either. You'd have heard me. You mean to say you went to sleep under my bed? Sure, quite soundly. Of course, if I'd known. Really? Well, aren't you going? I'd like to, but where? Well, really, I can't tell you. Look at me. Where can I go in these clothes? Oh, the stretch. Yeah, that's right, I... Do you expect me to lend you some? Hardly, but I would be eternally grateful if you could give me something to eat anything. Well, there's some candy on the table Thanks. over there. Thanks. Have one? You know, you've got quite a nerve. I ought to turn you over to the police. I could do it, you know, just by ringing this bell. Oh, of course you could, but then I don't think you will. No? No. I know who you are. Do you? Your name's in the paper. Now, look. You realize my position? Sorry, I'm afraid I only realize my own. Well, what am I going to do? Suppose I don't hand you over. How are you going to get out of here without being seen? Mind if I finish the candy? It's not very good. I've been 40 hours on two raw potatoes and a piece of bread. Mind if I pour myself a drink of water? No, still? of course not. Thanks. What are you doing? Nothing. Why don't you go over there so quickly? The signal? No, no, I didn't signal. I... Well, well, if you must know, I put my things into a drawer. This room looks awful. Oh, oh. 
Do you know that you're only three miles from the prison? Yeah, I do, I do. The first night I thought I'd get to have a straw, but I walked around in circles. I said, is that a razor there on the washstand? It's my husband, and don't you dare touch it. After all, there's a limit, you know, I'm not going to hand you a weapon. Oh, no, of course not. But you wouldn't mind if I shaved, would you? With this beard, I haven't a chance, even if I did have clothes. I'm a very quick shaver. Give me one minute. I do 32 and a half strokes. I'll show you. All right, go ahead. Dirty's brushing his soap. Thanks. I'm sorry there's no hot water. Can't be helped. Uh, have they come close to catching you yet? That's fine. Fine, I've been within 20 feet of the hound. The hound? Human hound. You know, there's nothing so awful as a shave like that. Oh, I'm sorry. Except, of course, not having it. Can I use this towel? No, take the blue one. Thanks. Oh, that's better. That's what I put on my shoes out of the bed. Oh, go ahead. Thank you so much. So you actually slept under my bed, huh? I did. Well, that's amazing. Amazing? It will be if I get away. No one ever has, you know, from that place. Uh, tell me, Mr. Dennis, weren't you tired with my brother? He used to talk about a Matt Dennis who did the 100-yard dash in 10-3. Quite likely. I was just tired with a lot of brothers. What is his name? Uh, no. no, I can't tell you that. You're right. Never tell a convict anything he can tell anybody else. Well, I really don't see what else I can do to help you. I don't either. Worse luck. I read your trial. Was everything you said true? Gospel. Oh, I suppose the police do keep after those girls. No wonder you lost your temper. But you know, I didn't. I wasn't really angry with him. I hit him. I'm sorry enough for the poor guy afterwards. Yeah, I have, huh? Uh, well, Mr. Dennett, what, uh, what happens now? You've been very kind. I don't want to impose on you any more than I have to, but you know I'll never get out of here this way. Well, take a look out of the window. See that man down there is the police. Oh, oh. I could signal to him just now so easily. Couldn't I? Couldn't I? You wouldn't. People don't give away their own kind. Oh, no? Go try some of the other rooms in this place. Try the couple next door to me. Oh, uh, yes? Oh, no, no thanks. Not right now. You think she had it? I hope not. Well, thanks again. You know how swell it's been after two years in jail to talk to a lady. I won't leave any traces. What are you going to do? Wait till the gent downstairs is looking the other way, sneak along your balcony, drop down at the end of it, and run for it again. Are you still a good runner? Pretty fair. I wasn't so stupid. Oh, no. Now, look here. When I go to my bath, I'll make sure there's no one in the hall. If I don't come back, go downstairs. Hanging by the door, you'll find my husband's raincoat, a long tweed on the stain, and a fishing rod in a basket, and an old hat to slide with. Put them on and go out the front door. The river's down to the left. Can you fish? Yes. Oh, well, you better then. I won't be able to see you, but if you get by safely, whistle, um, whistle the ladies in love with you. Do you know it? Do you know it? Sure. We used to hear it in jail on the radio. I can't thank you enough. I think you're wonderful. Oh, good luck. Oh, no, wait. Here. Take this glass. If you see anyone looking at you, drink. Nothing gives people more confidence than a man than to see him take a drink. Right. What are you going to say to your husband? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll worry about that when he comes home. Oh, oh, and, and here's ten dollars. It's uh, all I've got with me. You know, I think you're sublime. I doubt it. If I'm caught, I'll swear I stole everything if I get out of this. Forget it. Now get behind the door now. Here we go. Huh? Right. The coast is clear. Oh, no, wait. Get back. Here comes the maid. Uh... Uh, Ella? Yes, ma'am. Oh, uh, would you mind getting me the dress I sent down to be pressed last night? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Is your husband back, ma'am? No. Why? Oh, I thought I heard you talking. Oh, I wasn't talking to anyone, Ellen. Just counting, just counting to myself. All right, ma'am. I'll get the dress now. That's the gray one, isn't it? That's right, Ellen. Very well, ma'am. <sighs> 
This is getting a little hectic. <laughs> now go on, quick. And when you get into the street safely, don't forget to whistle. No, I won't. Goodbye. Goodbye. Judge Underwood. I'm retired. How do you do? Cleared up too well for you, I'm afraid. Uh, it's a bit bright now, yes. For fishing, I mean. Yes. Best eating in the world, our local trout, except maybe the blue trout out in Washington. Let's see. One, two, four, eight. Eight of them, eh? Yeah. Delicious with butter and potatoes. I'll say. Pretty foggy this morning, wasn't it? There's quite a lot of these fogs here in the valley. Only good for convicts, eh? Uh, Escapes, you mean. But they never get away, I believe. No, so I'm told. But they try, you know. They do try. Yes. Always wondered what I'd do if I bumped into an escaped convict. Yes, you'd have quite a problem there, wouldn't you? Well, between the law and one's instincts as a gentleman, if it's gentlemanly to hold conversation with a felon, what do you think? Seems to me anyone who tries to escape must have a lot of nerve. He's taking a long chance. Yes, I don't envy him. This is getting to be a pretty law-abiding country these days. Evading the law isn't quite the glamorous thing it used to be. It's always rather appealed to me. I've done some escaping myself. Oh, was that so? From school when I was a boy. Ran away, huh? <laughs> That's right. I was ahead of them for two days before they caught up. Two me. days? Yeah. Very interesting. Good way to lose weight. Ever been on a raw potato diet? By the way, I hear... Convict got away from Ellsworth the day before yesterday. Yes, I saw that. Yes. Well, the name of uh, Matt Dennis. I read his case at the time. Very interesting. How did it strike you? Don't believe I remember it. What? That Central Park case? Oh, yes. There was some girl they were trying to arrest. You know, in a case like that, they might wait until someone complains, don't you think? Well, technically, I suppose the detective was doing his duty. And yet, in those cases, there's always an element of doubt. The young man didn't complain, I think. You have to remember... Well, I remember, it said that he and the girl were having an intellectual conversation. That's right, I remember that. Uh, cigar? Thanks. I've got into a bad habit of coming out without tobacco. <laughs> Match? Thanks. I suppose one might run into that convict fellow any minute, unless they caught him. You're a little like uh, meeting a copperhead. we got a lot of them around here. Poor thing only wants to get away from you. And yet, if you don't break its back, then the one, it'll bite something. I had two dogs die of snake bite. So it's a duty, perhaps, uh... Don't you think so? Duty? Probably. I don't always do mine. Oh, don't you? Well, I'm glad of that. Neither do I. Hmm. Do you know that prison he got away from? The dreary sort of place. Uh, from the outside, I mean. Ellsworth? Yes, I know it. 
fact is, I've had the misfortune to send a good many people to prison in my time. And in those days, I made a point of seeing a prison now and then. I remember I used to give my juries a pass to go and see where they sent their fellow human beings. And out of the lot, how many do you think had the curiosity? None. How'd you get it? Well, who'd want to go into a prison? I'd just as soon visit the morgue. The bodies there aren't living anyway. You tell me prisons are much improved nowadays. They've introduced a human feeling. Have they? Splendid. What was the date of that? Tell me they don't shave their heads anymore. You know any convicts? I... No, well, yes, I know one. Really? Is he interesting? The most interesting man I know. Um, tell me. Suppose this man we were talking about, the escape convict, suddenly turned up here. What would you do? Run like a hare. Mm. Yes, I suppose it would depend partly on whether anyone else was around. Human nature is very uh, sensitive. Do you like this climate? The Hudson Valley has quite a reputation. Overrated, I think. Been here before? Uh, no, this is my first visit. Staying long? I uh, hope not. Beautiful spot, Grassy Point. I liked it better across the river. Well, I think I'll call it a day. Oh, anything wrong? You're not ill, are you? I'm afraid I'll have to abandon the excellent cigar you gave me. I've enjoyed it, but I'm smoking on a rather empty stomach. Oh, yes. I know that feeling. I got it once just before I was to speak at some sort of testimonial dinner. Tobacco must be one of the things you really miss in prison, eh? Yes, I suppose they get tobacco now and then, though. And empty stomachs, too, I guess. Yes. Here's another cigar. Try it later after you've eaten. I will. Would you pass me my basket there? Thanks. Really going, eh? Well, I must be getting on, too. It's been very pleasant. I've enjoyed our little talk. My time of life, one doesn't often get new sensations. Good heavens, have I given you any? Well, I don't remember ever having talked before to a man who'd escaped uh, from school. Goodbye, sir. Goodbye, Mr. Dennett. Huh? I hope you have a pleasant journey. Especially as no one seems to have noticed our little chat. Would you mind telling me how you spotted me? Oh, where you kept looking at your trout. Uh, wolfishly, I think that's the word. Then if you'll excuse me, those striped trousers of yours, that coat only goes so far down, you know. I guess I hoped you'd think I was a leader of fashion. And uh, there was another thing. Your obvious sympathy for yourself. Yes, that's a prison habit. You're not allowed to sympathize with other people for fear of contaminating them, so you sympathize with yourself. Before I got sent up, I don't remember ever feeling sorry for myself. Now I doubt if I'll ever feel sorry for anyone else. Mm, that's very natural. Well, it's been most interesting, because now you see, if I were to meet an escaped convict, I know what I should do. Do you mind if I ask? Well... Mr. Dennett, this time, I say this time, I wink the other eye. So good day to you. Good day, son. Thanks. Well, again. The moment I feel quite human again. You know, that's been rather the effect on me. Well, good day. This is Classic Radio at 90.7 WFUV-FM, New York. Broadcasting System.
This is Ernest Chappell, ladies and gentlemen, welcoming you back to the Campbell Playhouse. In a moment, we will resume our presentation of Escape. For just a moment now, I'd like to talk about another kind of escape. I mean the happy escape for Mother from so many of the labors of the kitchen. Time was, and it was only yesterday, when Mother all but lived in the kitchen. She had to do so in order that her family might have tempting and wholesome dishes. Soup making, in particular, was a long and tedious family need, and so she patiently devoted herself to her soup kettle. Today, times have changed. The home soup kettle is more and more going the way of the candle mold and the spinning wheel, as women everywhere have tried Campbell's soups. They've tasted these soups of Campbell's and realized that they are indeed made the true home way, delicious and wholesome and nourishing. Women have watched their families enjoy them, and they've heard their husbands say there's just no sense if you're going to all the bother of making soup anymore, not when we can buy such fine soups as these. And so I'd like to invite you, if you haven't already done so, to try some of the 21 tempting Campbell soups. Try, for instance, Campbell's chicken soup for its rich chicken flavor, or try Campbell's vegetable soup with its hearty beef stock and 15 different garden vegetables. If you will, I'm pretty sure that when your family tastes them, they'll say to you, too, let's have these soups of Campbell's right along. Now we resume our Campbell Playhouse presentation of Escape, starring Orson Welles and Wendy Berry. Good afternoon, Phil. 
I wonder if you could put me right for Nyack. I seem to have got lost. Nyack? Oh, that's some height, buddy. That must be about ten miles. Fifteen. That far, is it? Yeah, sure. You see, you go south through Pearl River, you want to stand, and then you go up the hill and to the left. And you'll see the signs. Uh, maybe if you wait a while, we'll give you a lift. No, thanks. I like the exercise. Then, uh, fishing? A question to ask. A profession. Trout. Any, uh, luck? Eight, rather small. Here they are in the basket. Ooh. Hey, they look oh, good. Do you like them? Oh, I didn't mean that. Don't refuse, Rosie. This is an insult. That's very nice of you, mister. It certainly is. Thanks. Here, give me the newspaper serving. I'll wrap them up. Oh, here you are. Here you are. Thanks. That's all right. I read it already. Turned out to be a nice afternoon, didn't it? Did you drive far? Spring Valley. Yeah, Irving, he's Rosie's boyfriend. He took us in his machine. He's got relations, you know. Anything there of an escaped convict? A skate convert? Sure, Irving. I told you about it this morning. You remember? I was speaking to your us. He got away in the fog the night before last. I'm sure you... Do you know what it reminds me? Yeah, like in a movie I saw with Georgie Rapp, where he comes into the bedroom, you know, and then you see his hand come right over her pillow. I thought I'd die. Say, maybe it's hearing the paper there about him. Move the fish over and give a look. Of course it's in the paper, Bob. Didn't I tell you about it this morning? Don't you remember? That's here fellow from Park Avenue, the one who killed the cop from Central Park. Don't you remember, Pop? The playboy killer. Everything he knows. Everything he knows. First he's our men from the weather, and now he's a policeman. Never mind, Pop. Never mind, I'm a policeman. I bet half the cops in the state is after him right now. So let him look, and I hope they'll catch him. That's no good. I thought he had some tough luck, you know. So that's tough, huh? He hit a detective, he busted his head, and he killed him. So where did he come up to catch him? The today? jury found it was a quarrel. The man made no attempt to evade arrest. Besides, the detective said he hit his head on a railing, and the doctor said he died of concussion. <laughs> concussion. And if I would have been the judge, I would have given him absolutely the electric chair. Already the judge now. He only got off because he was society. Absolutely. You understand, buddy? The whole thing is with the social structure. So you your car out there on the road. Sure is, buddy. How does she run? Absolutely perfect. Would you believe, mister, that I could take you in places and that machine that half your big cars wouldn't even get you in there? Uh-huh. Nice, a mechanic. Really? That's swell. A mechanic he is, a judge, a social service. Listen, come on, everybody. We're going. All right, please, Pop. Never mind. Well, Never good mind. afternoon. I hope you enjoy the fish. Are uh, you sure you don't want us to give you a lift? No, thanks. So long. Good so long, buddy. Goodbye. Goodbye. And thanks for the fish. A thoroughly charming, nice young fellow. A nice boy. Hey, such a nice young man. Uh, pass me the cheese, please. Hey, Pop, did you see what he did? Will you please pass me the cheese? But, Pop, did you see what he did? All right, then, what did he did? He snitched some of the food. He snitched some of the food. Why would a man like him snitch other people's food? Listen, I saw him with my own eyes. He took the cheesecake. <laughs> he took the cheesecake. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. What are you talking about, Rose? He took the cheesecake. Why should he take that cheesecake? He... He took it! He took... Say, Bob, I just thought of something. That's what I was thinking. Bob, did you notice his pants under his coat? I am not interested in pants. I'm looking for cheesecake. What was the matter with his pants? He wasn't wearing any. Listen, listen. First is a judge, then he's a mechanic, then he's a social scientist. No, he's a detective. Bob, please, don't you get the pants. He wasn't wearing any pants. Hey, what's that? Take the fish. Let's get out of here already. Hey, 
breakfast for a Chevrolet. How's that for a trade? Did I tell you this morning? That a rich should have rain. the trouble. He was just talking. Hey, would you mind pointing that pitchfork the other way? He's told us to be on the lookout for an escaped convict, and we thought maybe you was it. <laughs> ah, that's good. Well, now you see that I'm not. We don't know who you are, Mr. Whose place is this? Old man Conklin. I'll see Mr. Conklin. I reckon Mr. Conklin be wanting to see you, too. Joe, you go get the old man. Last is always in tomato patch. Okay, I'll be back. Don't let him go, Sam. I won't. Well? Miss, um... Convict fellow must be around here somewhere. Stole a car. Found it a little ways up the road, in a ditch. What's the car got to do with me? Insane. Leave that for Mr. Conklin to decide. All right, what are we waiting for? Let's go down and see this, Mr. Conklin. No, I reckon you bet shit right here for a spell. Anything you say. Uh, how are the crops this year? Uh, yeah. The rain must have done them a lot of good, eh? I, the rain. Oh, come on. Now, do I talk like a convict? Can't say. Never heard a convict talk. And if you ate him, what was you doing hiding in the haystack? What do you mean hiding? We say he had fishing rod with him, a too. Convict fishing for dick. Might be. Look here, I've had enough of this. We say we are running clean through this pitch part. And there he is, this convict up there. My name's Matthew, John Matthew. I'm staying at New City. These men of yours seem to think I'm a convict. Well, I'll tell you, we're kind of close to state prison. Yes, I know. I've got to be careful when this breaks. And the state trooper says this is the worst dangerous man they've ever had. Sarah, get along with you. Oh, Pa, I want to stay. You can't. The youngest daughter, Sarah. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Hello. State trooper here less than an hour ago. Give a description that fits you pretty well, mister. You better get him back here and let me talk to him. An idea. Joe, go down to the house. Call Santelli at the courthouse. Tell him to come over. All right. Sarah, go along with Joe. Oh, Pa, I want to stay. Now then, mister. Did you say your name was? Uh, Matthew. Matthew. So you're staying at New City? Yes. Maybe you can tell me the name of the place you're staying. Uh, I never pay any attention to names. You can remember the name of the place you're staying at. I'm afraid I don't. That Ever. porch on the side with three windows? Uh, yes, I had breakfast in there this morning. Well, that That's porch burned now. down two years ago. I guess you left in a hurry after breakfast because you forgot to put your pants on. On your coat. All right, Mr. Conklin, you win. Gee, Pa. <laughs> I thought you was here. The minute I saw you. Sam? Yes, Miss Conklin? Get out of the house, run, catch Joe. Say it's a convict, all right. Time to bring out the wagon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Come on, be a sport. Give me a chance. Can't do that. No use asking me. I suppose not. Oh, well, I gave them a good run for their money. I've had 48 hours free. Here, you have a cigarette? Use a plug, myself. Haven't you? No, thanks. Hey, Mr., would you sign my book? No, Sarah, that's no way. Well, i got to get somebody, don't I? It's no fun collecting autographs if I don't get somebody. Well, all right. Here, mister, sign the book for the little girl. All right, Sarah, I'll sign it. 
Do you want it in ink or in blood? Gee, that'll be swell. Mine or yours? Got a pencil? Here. She's got a fountain pen. Put to my friend Sarah Conklin uh, devotedly. Mm -hmm. To my friend Sarah Conklin devotedly. All right. Yeah. Gee, thanks, Mr. Mr. Dennis. Now, when you're an old lady, you'll be able to say you've met murderous Matt. Mr. Conklin. Yeah? Won't you give me a chance? He's a better criminal? <laughs> not me. Oh, of course not. It was foolish of me to ask you. Well, that's that. I guess there's nothing more to say, is there? Goodbye. What are you talking about? I said goodbye. I'm going. Going where? Hey, you can't do that. Why not? I don't see who's going to stop me. Can you? Put down my pitchfork. Joe, Sam. Too bad you sent them away. Joe, Sam. I come back here. Wait for them now. Sorry. So long. Goodbye, Sarah. Goodbye, Mr. Dennis. Hey, come back here. Come back. Joe. Sam. Why don't you answer? Hiding behind those coats in the vestry. Oh. You're the convict they've been looking for. You oughtn't to have come here, into a church. I don't know where I'll go now. Wait. Close the door. I think I read about you. You're that Matt Dennis. Yes. Poor fellow. I didn't mean to kill him. I've been sorry. Where have you come from? Who was chasing you? Farm down that great Conklin farmer, two hired hands, a state trooper, Lord knows who else. My parishioner. And you came to me for sanctuary. <laughs> sanctuary. I wonder. This is a situation I've never had to face, Mr. Dennis. If you just let me rest a bit, that's all I'll ask for. Of course. Sit down. Thank you. I'll lock the door. Not that window? Oh, no. No, they can't see in. I expect you're hungry, too. No, thanks. I'm beyond it. You know that feeling? No. I'm afraid we of the church lead to regular lives. Well, Father, how does it look? Can I give me up? As one man to another. Who am I to give you up? I can't help you to escape, but if you want rest, you're welcome. I wonder what our Lord would have done. For that, Mr. Dennis, is the hardest question in the world. Nobody ever knows. Very tired. I never thought one could feel so tired. I have a little brandy here. Sometimes someone gets faint in church. Thank you, Father. Here, drink it down. Thanks. Oh, I said, I mind now. I wonder if you'd return this flask for me. It's empty. And here's the address. I ripped the label out of the coat. You might say, with unending gratitude... But please don't give that name away. I'll see to it. What made you escape? Stick a bobcat in a cage and open the door by mistake and see what happens. <laughs> yes, I know what you're thinking. I've done my time and more. Didn't you have a fair trial? You can't try bad luck. Oh, bad luck. Well, I oughtn't to have hit him, of course, but for an ordinary knockout, six weeks or something like that is about all you get. And I got five years because of a railing. If you're quiet in your own mind, that's the only thing. Well, you needn't worry, Father. I'll be caught, all right. I'm not worrying about that. 
What bothers me is my own peace of mind. I don't like the thoughts that keep rising in. Your parishioners, eh? Yes. When you've gone, shall I be entitled to have been silent about you without telling them that I've been silent? Am I entitled to refrain from helping the law without letting my parishioners know it? And if I let them know it, can I keep what little influence I now possess? And is it right for a priest to go on where he has no influence? <laughs> That's my trouble, Mr. Dennett. I see. I hear. Who is that? No, Thomas, I'm busy now. I can't let anyone into the church till service time. My sixth. The hospitality of the Lord. I shan't forget, Father. I don't want to be on your conscience. I'll be moving. No, wait. I'll have vespers in a few minutes. There'll only be a few gathered together, I'm afraid. You can rest in the vestry through the service. Nobody comes in here. Thanks, Father. You're all right, but I'd rather go and take my chance again. It's dark now, and I don't like to give up. I'll give them another run and be caught in the open. You might give me your blessing, Father. Oh, no. I'm not certain enough of myself. Not certain enough. It takes a bishop at least to give a blessing. The <laughs> real thing this time. What is it? Open the door, please. Who is it? Open the door. Open, please. Shall I give up, Father? Get behind those coats in the closet. Right. Sorry, Father. I didn't trouble you, Father, but it's about that escaped convict. I told you, Thomas, I could see no one until after Vespers. I know, Father. I know, but this officer here thought you ought to be told. I saw a man coming in here a while back. What's all this about, officer? It's the escaped convict, Father. This man says he found him in a haystack on the South Mountain Road, but he gave him the slip. Then he came in here. You've been here long, Father? An hour, at least. Our door's locked, but I haven't been at the side. I'm sure he's not inside. In the church. I don't know whether you have the right to search a holy place, but... Well, look for yourselves. As quietly as you can, please. You're fine, please. Take it easy. You go with them, Thomas. I'll stand here. Look, supposing that can't be quite all right. Yes, Father. Now, quick. There's no use to coming back. Anywhere in there. Oh, Conklin, looked already? Hey, We'll catch him here, though. He got away from you. Yes, he did. Run and twist like a rabbit, he can. He's thought you, he is. Say, what's behind them coats? More coats, I think. I'll look. Yes, that's all there's in there. A few clothes. Yeah, that sure is a funny thing. Fellow saw him coming in here. Yeah, you saw him? I saw him, all right. Well, sorry to cause you all this trouble, Father. It's got to be done, you know. Quite all right. Thomas, it's time to ring the bell for Vesper. Yes, Father. And I'm afraid I'll have to ask you all to go, too, please. Unless, of course, you'd like to stay for the service. No, no, can't do that. Have to keep after him. Yes, I understand. All right. Hey, just a minute. You'll pardon my asking, Father. But are you certain you haven't seen this man? What is it you're asking me? Father, I'm asking you on your honor as a Christian whether or not you've seen the escaped convict. Of course he hasn't. Sorry, Father, I was hidden in there. I give up, officer. (laughs) Thought we wouldn't look in here, didn't you? We saw you heading this way. Did you think we wouldn't see you? All right, Dennis. The party's over. Let's go. Please. Please. Be quiet, Mr. Forgive me, Father. Oughtn't to have come in here. Wasn't fair. It's all right. Trouble is, it's one's decent self one can't escape. Ah, bless it. One's decent self. 
concludes our Campbell Playhouse presentation of Escape, starring Orson Welles and Wendy Berry. In just a moment, Mr. Wells will return to the microphone with Miss Berry. Meanwhile, I'd like to take long enough to tell you just what it is that gives Campbell's tomato soup its superb, its really matchless flavor. First, of course, are the tomatoes. Campbell's use only tomatoes grown under their supervision. Tomatoes that are extra luscious, heavy with fine flavor and deep in color. Then Campbell's take these specially grown tomatoes and smoothly blend them with golden table butter and add delicate seasoning to bring out all the full, rich tomato flavor. Have you had Campbell's tomato soup lately? I say lately because this has been a great tomato year and you'll enjoy more than ever the taste these fine tomatoes give to Campbell's tomato soup. So won't you take this as a friendly reminder of the rare good eating that awaits you in a steaming plateful? And remember, too, you can delightfully vary your way of serving it sometimes by adding an equal quantity of milk instead of water to enjoy a luscious, extra-nourishing cream of tomato. Won't you want to put on your grocery list tomorrow Campbell's tomato soup? And now, here is Orson Welles. Ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you our guest of the evening, one of the gayest and most charming ladies in Hollywood, Miss Wendy Berry. Thanks, Orson. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Miss Berry's brief life has been full of surprises, ladies and gentlemen. She was born in Hong Kong, China. By the time she was 17, she'd been around the world six times. Seven. And in, out, uh, in, in and out of no less than seven young ladies' academies. Six of I'll never get this right, but thank you, Wendy. <laughs> her going into pictures was accidental. I'm sure I'm right about this. Alexander Corder caught sight of her at a luncheon table. Dinner. Uh, d- dinner table. Within a few hours, she was playing one of the lovely ladies who brightened Charles Lawton's life. As Henry VIII. Well, that's roughly the way it happened. And in her latest picture, RKO's highly successful five came back. Is that right? It was only by the closest of margins that she did not remain on the banks of the Amazon, a prey to bloodthirsty savages. Headhunters, also. Headhunters. I, for one, and I'm sure all of you, ladies and gentlemen, are extremely glad that she did not escape from the headhunters and survive to be with us on the Campbell Playhouse tonight. (laughs) Well, I'm glad too, Austin. Terribly glad. It's been a lot of fun playing here with you tonight. Thanks, and I hope you'll be back with us very soon, Wendy. Tonight, in our Campbell Playhouse presentation of Escape, Miss Wendy Berry, our guest, played the lady in the hotel. Ray Collins was more than ordinarily busy in the roles of the murdered cop, the forgiving judge and the unforgiving farmer in the order named. Regoli number two was Everett Sloan, who started off as the convict, made a quick change into the character of Irving, the young picnicker, and rounded out the evening as the second farmhand. Edgar Berrier was the priest and the caddy. Jack Smart was another cop and another farmhand. The girl in the park was played by B. Benaderet, who was also present at the picnic. Henriette Kay was the maid and Mabel Albertson was Betsy. And here comes the surprise. In case you didn't guess, the foremost picnicker of them all was that really great and really inimitable Benny Rubin. Music for the Campbell Playhouse, as always, was conducted and in part composed by Senor Bernard Herman. And now just a word about next week's story. Next week we transplant another fine play from the other side of the ocean. And hope it does as well here on the radio as it did there on the stage. If this one does not, you can blame me for it, because this one is probably the biggest hit that ever clicked in seven languages and plays have been written in prose. The story is Lillian. Need I say more? The star is Helen Hayes. Can I say more than that? 
Until then, until next Sunday night at this same time, when Helen Hayes rejoins us on the Campbell Playhouse, my sponsors, the makers of Campbell Soup, and all of us on the Campbell Playhouse remain as always obediently yours. The makers of Campbell Soup join Orson Wells in inviting you to be with us at the Campbell Playhouse again next Sunday evening when we will bring you one of your most favorite plays, Lillian, featuring Orson Wells and Miss Helen Hayes, our exclusive Campbell Playhouse star. Remember, Campbell Playhouse, next Sunday evening. Meanwhile, if you've enjoyed tonight's presentation, won't you tell your grocery store tomorrow when you order Campbell's tomato soup? This is Ernest Chappell saying thank you and good night. A great new daytime show for radio listeners. Lanny Ross, radio's popular star, singing your favorite song. Hear him every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning over most of these stations. See your daily paper for time and station. Why not make a date for tomorrow with Lanny Ross?